There's a word from the Lord this morning as we continue the theme that God has given us for the year, restore, support, and strengthen. This is the 16th week of this year of 2021. Now, text this morning is found in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8, verses 20 through verse 22, reading from the NIV translation, the New International Version. Hear the reading of God's holy word. Verse 20 says, the harvest is past the summer has ended and we are not saved. Verse 21, since my people are crushed, Jeremiah writes, I am crushed. I mourn and horror grips me. Subject for today's message is found in verse 22. And it reads, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? And we ask God's blessings on the reading and the hearing of his word. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject, a bomb in Gilead, a bomb in Gilead. Perhaps one of the things that most of us, most people that are alive in 2021 can agree on, regardless of our differences in life, is that this past year, these past 14 months or so, have been a very difficult time. This past year has been difficult in so many ways. Difficult and, I should say, painful. What are you talking about, Pastor Jackson? Let me just rewind the tape. You don't have to rewind it very far. We have experienced and we are experiencing a global pandemic unlike anything we have seen since 1918 and the Spanish flu. In 1918, 675 Americans lost their lives, including three of my ancestral family members. My great-grandfather, Ishmael Jackson, who was born a slave in 1850, died in 1918. Great-grandfather Ishmael's daughter, Letty, died a month after her father died. Letty's husband died weeks after she died. All in a span from November to early December 1918, Spanish 
flu. It was a health care catastrophe. People all over the world died. And so people would think, well, Pastor Jackson in 1918, Cedric, there weren't the medical advancements that we have now. That would never happen again. And here we are in 2021. And it's not over yet. We may be over the virus, but the virus is not done with us. As of now, 570,000 plus Americans have lost their lives. This is not 1918. This is 2021. And already over 570,000 people have lost their lives to this horrific global pandemic called COVID-19. We are and we have experienced in the past 14 months and continuing even as I speak. Social unrest, perhaps again, unlike anything we have ever seen before. Cities are rioting, protesting. Unarmed people are being killed by the hands of of out of control law enforcement. All law enforcement is not bad, but we are living in a time in which we've got to bring people into check. And say people just by the color of their skin presents a threat to some in authority. Shoot first and ask questions later. This has led to social unrest unlike anything we have ever seen. We could be on the verge of violent unrest if something isn't done very shortly. Political chaos We are seeing, we have witnessed political chaos again, unlike anything we've seen in a century. All you have to do is go back and remember January the 6th, 2020. And the pictures are unbelievable and mind-blowing. And out of control, uh, uninformed, ill-informed mob of insurrectionists storm the capital of the United States of America to try in their minds overthrow the government all the while having American flags in one hand Confederate flags in another hand and Donald Trump signs all storming saying hang the vice president looking for the speaker of the house to quote, lynch her up. And what is perhaps more disgusting than what they did is the silence among those in authority. Because when ignorant people act with disgust and good people keep silent, it makes a bigger problem. We've had people for various reasons, their own political agenda, refuse to call it as it is. Those who have, have suffered the political repercussions of that. Political chaos. 
social unrest, healthcare pandemic, all which have contributed to physical as well as emotional distress, perhaps unlike anything we as a society have ever seen before. Listen, as a result of all of this, uh, perhaps there are some who are wondering, you can understand why, some who are wondering if it is ever possible for things to get better. In fact, I told the congregation this morning at eight, uh, just on last week, someone stopped me leaving the state house and they, knowing that I'm a minister and a state senator, said to me, I'm talking to you as a pastor. I don't think we're going to ever see things get any better. They says, I'm worried, Pastor Jackson. Remember, I was at the state house and they says, this perhaps is not a matter for state government. I need you to go with me with your spiritual persona. This is a spiritual matter. In fact, maybe some are finding themselves asking that ancient biblical question. Is there a bomb in Gilead? In other words, is there healing possible from any source? Lord, can we ever overcome this? How can we tell our children and our grandchildren? Listen, I've got three grands from, from age 13 uh, to one and a half. And quite honestly, and I understand this, Mother Jackson, what you all were going through. When I pray, I don't worry about my condition or my wife's situation. But I say, Lord, what kind of society are they growing up in? Uh, how can I ever tell them things are going to get better when it looks like it gets worse every day over and over and over again? Is there a bomb in Gilead? That is the question that we find ourselves asking. Perhaps you don't ask that exact question because you're not that spiritual, but you ask it in a different way. Lord, will things ever get better? Can anyone do anything to heal the land? God said to me as I was praying on this message, he says, visit that iconic ancient text and look at it, Darren. Share with the virtual congregation uh, to hold on and don't give up because God is still in charge. Listen, go with me as we look at the text. Go with me as we examine the origin of this most profound and insightful question. In the text, the Lord shows the prophet Jeremiah a vision concerning the people of Judah. In this vision, Jeremiah heard the cry of those who were going through so much. They were literally, as Jeremiah was writing this, under siege 
from the Babylonians who were sieging their land and would eventually carry their youth and leaders away in captivity. Historians tell me that the siege alone, the attack alone, lasted 30 months, which you'll understand that when we get to verse 20. It was 30 months of just attack and a siege on the walls and the temples and the communities of Judah. The city of Jerusalem was under siege for 30 months. Many of them had already been carried away to Babylon. They found themselves in what Psalms 137 calls a strange land. You've heard me preach that over and over and over for the last year. It goes back to what I told you earlier about my philosophy in communications is simplicity and repetitiveness. You've heard me talk about Psalms 137. You've heard me talk about the Babylonian experience because it is so relatable to what we are going through. Psalms 137, the author of the Psalms writes he says, there by the rivers of Babylon, we hung our musical instruments in distress. When we thought about Zion, <laughs> Magnetech says, when I considered Zion, we hung up our musical instruments. And the author of the psalm goes on to say, and those that carried us away in captivity had the unmitigated goal to ask us worshipers to sing the songs of Zion. We responded to them, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? They were under siege, under attack, living in a strange land. In other words, they had lost their praise. They had lost the desire to worship God. They found themselves wondering why the Lord had not rescued them. Verse 20 is very important because remember what I said, the siege alone lasted 30 months. Biblical scholars tells us that as Jeremiah writes this text in verse 20, uh, they were under siege as he was writing. Listen to what they said in verse 20. Jeremiah speaking for the people of Judah who says, and I quote, the harvest is past. The summer has ended. In other words, this siege started during the harvest. But the harvest is over. The summer has ended and we are not saved. Uh, the Message Bible puts it perhaps in a more relatable way. The Message Bible says this, and I quote, the crops are in. The summer is over. But listen to this. But for us, nothing's changed. We're still waiting to be rescued. In other words, seasons have passed. We've been under this siege too long. We are waiting on our God to rescue us. Is there a God? Is there any God in Zion? 
In the text, the prophet Jeremiah begins himself to mourn for the people of Judah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet, as the emotional prophet. Jeremiah, you never had to guess how he was feeling. He wore his emotions on his sleeve. Jeremiah says in one verse, I quote, he says, I've cried so much that I wish I had no more eyes to cry from. He found himself mourning for what they were going through. Note what Jeremiah writes in verse 21 of the text. He says, since my people are crushed, I am crushed. I mourn and horror grips me. Sensing the pain and the suffering of those he cared so much for. Jeremiah began to think uh, from an analytical, but he uses as an analogy something that the people of Israel took great pride in. See, the people of Israel was perhaps as proud of Gilead as they were of anything in their land. Uh, so he asked the question, is there a bomb in Gilead? In fact, he asked three questions. First one is, is there a bomb in Gilead? Then he asked, is there no doctors or physicians there? And then finally, he asked, why then is there no healing for the wound of my people? He's having this dialogue with God. He's saying to God, if you are who you say you are, I've got to give the people an answer. Is there healing coming from anywhere that will change our situation. Now, to really appreciate these questions, uh, we must first have an understanding of the following significant facts that makes these questions perhaps more understandable. Let me share with you three quick facts uh, that makes Jeremiah's questions uh, understandable to all of us. Number one is this. A bomb was a popular healing ointment used to treat physical wounds and illness. It was not just an ointment. It was so popular. Uh, Ezekiel 27 and verse 17 talks about how they traded goods for this bomb. Genesis talked about the balm, the healing ointment in Gilead. It is referred to at least five times in the Old Testament. Israel took great pride in where they were located. And so this was not just some soothsayer, not just some witchcraft stuff. This really worked. Because you do know most medicine today comes from natural plants and herbs and things uh, that are the sources of it. The Amazon River area produces so many uh, medical breakthroughs. And so it was the case that that ointment, that bomb represented medicine. I'm going somewhere. It represented medicine that made people feel Better. If you ever had a back pain and you rub some stuff on your back, even on the outside, 
it makes you feel good. Somebody said to me once, because I suffer from chronic back illness, they says, you do know that's external. And my answer to them is that even a little external relief is better than none. Am I right, mother? <laughs> so it helps sometimes to put the ointment on, even if it makes you feel better for a while. Second key significant fact that we need to understand in order to appreciate these questions is this. Gilead was a place in Israel east of the Jordan River, not far from the Sea of Galilee, where this healing bomb grew and produced in abundance only. It was unique because this special bomb, this special ointment came from this unique tree that only seemed to grow in Gilead. And it grew in abundance. And they would harvest the roots and the leaves and they would uh, harvest that. That's why that, that revelation scripture, there would be trees on each side of the river, good for the healing of the nation, comes from this kind of background. And so it was a place where the tree grew, where the ointment was harvested from the root and the barks and the leaves of the tree. In fact, historians would tell you every aspect of that tree was used for some medical purpose. They didn't throw away anything. The root, the leaf, uh, the bark, it all had a purpose. And here's what makes these questions significant. It only grew in Gilead. People from all over the world would come and journey and make a pilgrimage to Gilead. I told you Ezekiel chapter 27 tells us that they traded this bomb for goods and services. They were proud of this bomb. The third significant key fact that makes this question more understandable is that Gilead was also a place where many physicians set up their medical practices. Why? It makes sense because it was the place of the pharmaceutical company. It was where they harvest and produce the ointment. And so many doctors would say, in fact, Gilead was known as a medical retreat. It was a place where there were more physicians than any other profession. People from all over came there uh, to set up their medical practices, which uh, resorted in people from all over the world came to Gilead uh, to seek an answer for their physical ailment. It was significant. It was important. So Jeremiah uses this as an analogy. He knew that the people of Judah were hurting. He knew that they were in emotional distress. But he also knew that the Lord was the only one who could really heal their suffering. And he knew that in order for them to get delivered, they had to be in the right place. <laughs> and they had to seek the right treatment. Am I preaching to anyone? But this is what Jeremiah also knew that every good doctor knows, but don't judge you because of it. 
Uh, why? Because the, uh, the Hippocratic oath is to do no harm and to help everybody. Jeremiah knew why they were in that predicament. You've gone to the doctor sometimes with illnesses that are preventable and the doctor doesn't judge you. They still treat you. They may give you a stern, caring lecture, but they treat you. Jeremiah knew that the people got themselves in that predicament themselves. And he knew it was because of their disobedience. Go with me, if you will, to that 12th verse of that 8th chapter of the book of Jeremiah. The NIV translation says this, Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? Jeremiah asked, No, they have no shame at all. It's, it's, it's a sad thing when society loses its ability to be ashamed. And I would tell you this with no great pleasure. Perhaps the awful thing uh, that the former president has brought to our society is that people who used to do stuff in the dark now do it openly with no shame and say things with no shame. They have lost their ability to be embarrassed and ashamed for detestable things that they ought to be embarrassed for. Jeremiah says, do they have no shame? They do not even know how to blush. <laughs> I heard this a long time ago. I remember uh, someone preached a message, when you lose your blush, when you lose your ability to feel ashamed. When you do, people are so bold now, they say things and they do things and they have no shame. Uh, the old saints used to say, my mama, God bless her, would look at TV and look at some of the outfits and she would say, do they have no shame? And I said, mama, this is a different generation in a different time, okay? Uh, and so that's what Jeremiah says, that they lost their, their ability to feel some sense of embarrassment because of what they were doing and what they were going through. He goes on to say in verse 12, they will be brought down when they are punished, says the Lord. In other words, Jeremiah says, I know why you're in the shape that you're in. And I know it is because you have been, quote, backsliding heifers. That's what the prophet says. And because you are like a whore under every green tree. And because you have laid with people and who have contaminated your faith. And the reason you are in where you're in is because you visit the spiritual whorehouses. And you've contaminated my people. And yet you have no shame. And when you say the harvest has passed, the summer has ended, it's because you've caused this on yourself. Now, despite all of that, God says, I'll still be your deliverer. <laughs> That's why I love the Lord. The Lord says, I know your downsettings and your uprisings, but I'll still deliver you. I know that you've been detestable. I know that you've been in embarrassment. I know that you've been, quote, backsliding heifers. I know that you've been whores under every green tree. But yet, I choose to deliver you. I know you've caused it on yourself. 
and you shouldn't have, but I will still be your healer. I will never forget you or forsake you. Somebody, that's a good place to put a praise on it. That's a good place for somebody just to give God a praise or thank you and tell the Lord thank you. He could have walked away, but he didn't. Listen, he wanted them to know that he was their bomb in Gilead and that he would heal them of their pain and suffering and that he would deliver them from the bondages of captivity. I know what you've done. I know you've forgotten me, but I haven't forgotten you. I know you thought you were all of that and you've lost your ability to blush. You've lost your ability to be ashamed, but I still have not forgotten you. And so Jeremiah finds himself asking the question, is healing possible? (laughs) Is there any medicine for the soul of God's people? (laughs) God lets Jeremiah know, yes, it is possible. And I would do what only a God like me can do. Is there anybody so glad to know that at your worst hours, the Lord was right there by your side? Anybody know that God has been right there to lift you up and take you to places where you did not deserve to go? Yes, there is a bomb in Gilead. I thought about this and God said to me, and I'm about to wrap this message up, but I want to share with you before I conclude three key important insights that the Lord wants us to take away from today's message. Because some of us right now feel as if, God, we're going through so much. And the Lord says, I've got an answer for you. I've got a word from you. These three insights, these three takeaways, the Lord says it can bless you in a special way. Look at them. We'll put them on the board. We want them to stay there because we want you to take a screenshot, take a picture. Because doing this week, someone somewhere perhaps needs to know that there is a bomb. In Gilead. Listen to this insight or takeaway number one. There will always be challenges in life. And at times, we may end up in a difficult place. You may find yourself in a strange land by the rivers of Babylon. And because you end up in that strange place, we may find ourselves asking the question if the Lord is really on our side. Are you there, God? (laughs) Are you there? If you are, why am I going through this? Why am I still broke? Why am I still sick? Listen, I've talked to so many people. One of our dearest 
employees, church member. I saw her just the other day. The after effects of COVID has gotten into her lungs. She had asthma and now she has oxygen. And she could barely talk without taking deep breaths. So faithful, so committed. It would be so easy for someone like that to say, Lord, where are you? In fact, listen to this. She contracted COVID while delivering food to senior citizens. And on a church van with others that were providing a need for those who had no other resources. And she found herself lying in the hospital for weeks on weeks and now struggling just to breathe. But she hasn't given up. <laughs> she still trusts in the Lord, her God. But the critics would say, where is God? Why would God ever allow something like this to happen? There will always be challenges. Just remember. <laughs> and we will at times end up in a difficult place. <laughs> and we may find ourselves, as this first key insight says, questioning, is the Lord really on our side? But look at this second insight. If we do end up in such a place, we must do all we can to keep the faith and to trust ooh, in the fact that the Lord has not forgotten or forsaken us. And I know sometimes it sounds rough and, and I've said it to people that have gone through something and there are times that I walk away and the enemy makes me feel, is that all you can give them? <laughs> all you can tell them is stay encouraged. Uh, perhaps the, the greatest words, or the most popular words I have texted in the last 14 months are the words, stay encouraged. And the enemy says, is that it? You're a preacher. You're a man of God. You got to have more than this. And God says, we must stay encouraged. We must keep the faith. We must always remember that God has not forgotten us. God has not forsaken us. And then the third and the final insight or takeaway from this message today is this. Yes, there is a bomb in Gilead. <laughs> One who can heal us from our pain and deliver us from life's struggles and in 2021 his name is Jesus <laughs> there is an answer for our pain his name is Jesus they that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run therein and it's safe. My bomb in Gilead, no disrespect 
to the many great medical professions. But my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest thing, but wholly <laughs> lean on his name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. I say to that faithful member who's struggling with the after effects of COVID, there is a bomb in Gilead. <laughs> there is healing available. But if you're expecting it from Prisma, then you may be mistaken. If you're going to Lexington, you may be mistaken. If you're looking to go to Charleston to the MUSC, I trust all of those institutions. But my hope <laughs> is not in any of them. <laughs> my hope is in the bomb of Gilead. <laughs> and his name is Jesus. Somebody help me say Jesus. <laughs> Somebody help me say Jesus. Do me a favor, text somebody, send somebody an instant message with just one word, Jesus, with an exclamation mark. <laughs> Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the bomb. Our society will get better. <laughs> Not because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are in office. No disrespect to them. I am so proud of them. But my hope is not on the 78-year-old president of the United States of America. My hope is not even in the young, vibrant African-American female who serve as his vice president. But my hope is in Jesus. When I get in trouble, excuse me, I don't call Biden. Woo. I don't call Harris. When I get in trouble, I don't call Bible way. But I call on the name of Jesus. Can somebody help me say Jesus? Come on, come on, come on. Can somebody help me? Can somebody help me? Can somebody help me say Jesus? Can somebody help me say Jesus? Call him. Call him. Somebody help me. What's his name? What's his name? Somebody say Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. The bomb in Gilead. His name is Jesus. And when I'm sick, he's a healer. When I'm in need, he's my provider. When I'm confused, he's my mind regulator. When my heart is broken, he is my heart fixer. There is a bomb. There's healing. In Jesus, Richard Smallwood writes this powerful song as we conclude this message. It's called Healing. And the lyrics of the song says, don't be discouraged. Joy comes in the morning. Know that God 
is nigh. This message is for someone. Stand still and look up. God's going to show up. He's standing by. Lift your hands wherever you are right now. There is healing for your sorrow. Healing for your pain. Healing for your spirit. There's shelter from the rain. Listen to what Richard Smallwood writes. He says, Lord, send the healing. Anybody needs God to send a healing for our land right now. You need God to heal your family, heal your situation. Somebody lift those hands and say, Lord, Lord, send the healing. Come on, wherever you are in your own personal sanctuary, lift those hands and say, Lord, send the healing. For this, we know. I know this, that there is a bomb in Gilead to heal the soul there is a bomb in Gilead come on join us right now wherever you are whatever you're going through just know that this word is for you listen pause whatever you're doing this is your time with God right now listen Discouraged. Don't be discouraged. How many know joy comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. I thank you, Lord. Know that God is not. Know that God is not. Yeah, yeah. Come on, stand still and look up. God's going to show up in your situation. God is going to show up. Anybody know he'll show up? (laughs) He's standing right by. Uh, He is standing by. Come on, tell somebody. Say, don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Know that God is standing right by. He's right now. Thank you, Lord. Somebody right now, wherever you are. Come on, you don't have to fight. Stand still and look up. Yeah. God's gonna show up right where you are. God is going to show up. He is standing by. Come on, there's healing for your soul. Uh, there's healing uh, for your sorrow. Uh, there's yes. healing for your pain. Healing for your pain. Healing for your spirit this morning. Healing for your spirit. Come on, there's shelter from the rain. There's shelter. 
Come on, reach your hand toward heaven and say, Lord, send us. Lord, send your healing. For this one thing we do know. Come on, tell them there's a bomb in God. Yes, there is. Come on, I think you believe it this morning. Come on, declare it one more time. Lift your voice and say, there is a bomb in Gilead. stripes we're healed every situation that you face god's gonna heal your spirit he's gonna heal your body come on there's a bomb in gilead this morning but there's healing your mind can see your way but there's healing for your soul for your soul listen I want to dedicate this to my dear uncle deacon Lord Lumpkin the chairman emeritus of our deacon's ministry I know it's been a very difficult time for you deacon amen went by to visit you last week and actually I could not shake how I was feeling considering what you had been going through but I left there encouraged because I knew that I was working on this message when I got home that Sunday afternoon with the lumpkin I, I immediately began to work on this message again and God told me he says Darrell I can heal this body but I'm going to heal this spirit too. And I'll give him the joy. And I, I am a God who can find an answer for the pain. I could not help but think. There's a bomb in Gilead. And his name is Jesus. I still believe in the miraculous healing power of Jesus. Call me old school if you want. I still believe in touching and agreeing. I still believe in calling on the name of the Lord. Because he is a healer. He is a provider. And maybe some of you are going through your difficulties right now. Maybe you find yourself in a strange place. You've lost mobility you can't move around like you used to can go to all the places that you used to go and you find yourself struggling sometimes just to get out of the bed in the mornings but I've got a message for you God said he has not forgotten or forsaken you and God will be right there to heal you we just we must trust in the fact that he is our bomb in Gilead. And I know it has been rough. Some of you have gone through so many difficult things. But don't give up. 
don't give up. <laughs> Psalms 30 and 5 says, but weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Mac, I've preached from that text so much, but God gave me a message the other week. I'm going to preach before the year is over, simply entitled, Good Morning. <laughs> Is that some of us got to understand that we're going to have some good mornings because God's going to turn some things around. Ooh. Close your eyes if you're in a position to do so. If you're in a position to just take your hands and just lift them in submission to God right now. Here we are, Lord. We've endured so much. And perhaps like the exiles of Judah, perhaps like those who are under siege in Jerusalem for 30 months, uh, there are many that are wondering, where are you? Why is this happening? But God, you've given us the answer. You've given us the answer. The answer is that you're still in charge. <laughs> that you know what you're doing. And for us not to give up. <laughs> and so I say to everyone who's going through your valley experience. Keep the faith. Trust God. Even when you don't understand. I say to Deacon Lumpkin. And to others, and to the Deacon Lumpkins I don't even know, <laughs> that are across the country and across the world right now, God is a healer. I believe that he is a healer. And I believe that he is our bomb in Gilead. <laughs> I believe that that, that that purpose of God is to heal our wounds, both ex and internal and I say thank you Lord for deliverance for better days are coming <laughs> this too will pass one of the things that you promised the prophet Jeremiah you said that I will raise up a deliverer who will deliver my people from their captivity and we say thank you thank you because it is already done Thank you because we've already declared amen, exclamation mark. God, we praise you and honor you even in the midst of our suffering because we trust that you are our bomb in Gilead. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And wherever you are, come on, join in with us right now. Your soul, yeah, yeah. Ooh, there's healing, yeah. there's healing yeah. for your soul. Yes, there is. Come on, all the worshipers, come on. There's a bomb in Gilead, healing for your soul. There is healing. The key is. Do you have that relationship with Jesus? <laughs> and if you don't know him, if you don't have that relationship with him, <laughs> amen, I invite you right now to call us at this number. Our, our prayer warriors are there praying with you and for you. We're right there to walk you and to talk you through whatever you're going through. Just remember you're not alone. <laughs> and someone will be there with you. It's Jesus. <laughs> 
It is not your intellect. It's not your own ability. Uh, it is Jesus who is the bomb of Gilead. Thank you. Call that number. Let us walk you through the plan of salvation. If you want to be a part of a virtual congregation, if you don't have a spiritual home, give us the opportunity to establish fellowship with you. We will count it our honor to do so. Amen. Let me also just remind you for the benediction of our vision offering. Thank you for sowing your seed of faith. Thank you for all of your wonderful letters every week. We receive letters from all across the country. And just so you know, I read every last one of them. <laughs> and I'm so encouraged. Amen. I'm so encouraged with those who sow a seed. I'm so encouraged with someone who says, this is for me and my grandchildren. Let it go for future ministry. And I promise you this. Every dime that you sow will go into the ministry. Not one dime will be used for payroll or to pay light bills. It is to expand this ministry. It is to provide an opportunity for us to leave this place better than what we inherited. And God says thank you. God has given us a very simple plan. $7 a week. Someone said to me, how can you build anything with $7 a week? God says, watch me. And watch God do it. Thank you for your faith. Thank you for sowing that seed. Listen, join us on Tuesday night as we continue. The Lord is my shepherd series lesson number three. But let us go out right now. Come on, praise team. Tell us again. There is a bomb. and There is a bomb. In Gilead. There is a healing. Encourage somebody. Before the day is over, call somebody, encourage somebody, text somebody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And wherever you are, say amen. There is a bomb in Gilead, and his name is Jesus. Thank you. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call 1-888-776-1238. There'll be someone there to pray for and with you. There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to P.O. Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this message was a blessing to you or if you're moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website. That's bwcar.org.